Hey, welcome back to the show. Today's going to be an exciting one. Joining me with me today is my wife and business partner, Natalie Armanderas, and my awesome coworker and colleague and friend, Tony Sanchez. A couple of years ago, we did a show about a recap of the year, and we've had a lot of people ask us to do that again. And given how just insane this year was, we thought uh, we would do that one more time. Talk a little bit about what we've been doing and talk a little bit about the future. Yeah, I'm really excited. I think this is pretty sweet. I'm really excited to dig into all of that because I think that this year, I mean, all of you that are listening have experienced this year just like just like we have. Uh, there's been a lot of stuff going on, but really looking to you know peel back the layers of what this year looked like from fun size perspective. So maybe just to kind of get things started, so let's transport ourselves back, right? So let's set the stage for last year. What was the mindset coming into this year, coming into 2020? Always excitement coming into a new year, but there was something kind of on the horizon. So like what was going on coming into 2020? Well, last year seems like a faint memory. Uh, it's sad. <laughs> the things that are, were the top of my mind were how excited we were about our space. You know, we, we added a, an office space and then we added another office space. So like we doubled our mm -hmm. office space and we combined them and, you know, we were building out community space, you know, we were doing events at the office, Webflow meetups, Figma meetups. We were building, we, we even had like custom bleachers made so we could do like all hands and stuff like that. And ping pong keg, kegerator, finally got a kegerator, waited like six years to get a kegerator. And then like, we were excited about the way we were going to work together this year. Yeah. We were excited about the work that we were going to do, and we were excited about team building, but I think that this year is kind of like fine-tune that like in slightly different ways, but that that's what's top that's what I was when you ask the question, that's what comes top of my mind. I would plus one that and something that I think I was personally excited about that we had I'd been talking to them since I think December 2019 was doing a, um, a Figma and Fun Size South by Southwest party, which we were already in the <laughs> midst of planning. Yep, I totally remember that. And I, yeah. I, that, that memory eluded me, but I remember it now. I was super, super excited because it was becoming like this epic thing. Um, we, were, we had speakers in line and everything. I know that's a small, small thing compared to what Anthony was talking about, but that's what, you know, like hearing him say Webflow and Figma meetups, that's where my mind went. Yeah, I think that like bringing people together is a big part of, of fun size and those events that we have uh, do bring a lot of people together. And those are the times that we all remember. So I was super bummed out whenever, uh, you know, all that kind of came crashing down. So, yeah. you know, we, I, I, yeah, I think that's the best way to summarize it. We were we were gearing up to like change the way we worked together. Mm -hmm. And also, yeah. yeah, to try to be more involved in the community. So what do you mean by changing the way you work, right? Because if you were to think about, uh, you know, things that you're focused on at the beginning of the year, you guys run this uh, organization uh, in a joint fashion. So was that coming like from like personal like initiatives that you all wanted to accomplish this year or or how do you all kind of bounce up between each other like uh, going into this year? I don't know. I'm just really interested in that. I, I don't think it was anything really formal, but based on the way things were going, it's almost like we kind of divided that, those ideas between the two of us, like, uh, Natalie kind of naturally got in more involved into like what the space would be like 
in which in which would facilitate all these things. And I was more focused on the the organizational aspects of that to like go into the space. Maybe that's at least in my mind, that's how I think about that. Oh, yeah, I think that sounds that sounds right. So what were some annual goals for 2020 as a business or as people, you know, and or for fun size culture as a whole going into 2020? Oh, that's a big one. Uh, I guess we can start. <laughs> we can start first with um, business. I think we had a lot, like we brought in um, Peter Merholtz to help us define like what 2020 was going to look like in terms, of, I guess all of that, which covers all of that stuff, like realign with like the values of going into 2020, what the, you know, how many people are we going to hire? What the profit could be like what sales goals are we hitting and we had that intention going into like oh yeah, yeah. i i remember whenever whenever y'all like we're doing like offsites or workshops and stuff like that yeah so, i think yeah, that I happened in like q4 cool. like early q4 of 2019 where we were like okay this is how we're gonna approach 2020 um very high aspirations and then <laughs> I'm almost ashamed to admit it, but I think that was the first time that we got together and like actually hashed those conversations out, like with intent, like what do we want to be? Who do we want to work with? Who do we want to hire? What, where cities do we want to work? Like all of that stuff. And like, because every, everything before last year was kind of free form, right? We had like a, a, a company yeah. growing and we're like, okay, we have to be more intent about that. Yeah. So we kind of started that last towards the end of last year. How did that feel going through that, those processes? Cause I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure that other companies like us have reached the point of like kind of considering those things too. Like was how, how did that feel going through those conversations? I think it felt great because it was someone that was facilitating the conversation that had like an unbiased perspective because I feel like, you know, Anthony and I and Mari can have these conversations over and over and over again. And even though we come to a conclusion, sometimes those things don't stick because we don't have someone else outside of ourselves Mm -hmm. reminding us like, Hey, remember when you decided on this? And so having someone there to help us talk through some of those things was, I think was really, really helpful. Yeah. I mean, for me, I was actually very surprised, right? Because, you know, I would hear Natalie say some things that I never thought she would have said or th- directions that she wanted to go in that I didn't honestly assume that she want to go in. You know, I think I, it was, um, I don't know, it just kind of reiterated to me, like, you know, just like in, you know, with like the, the work that we do, like just the, doing the, having the conversations in the right way can be very eye-opening. And with all of that being said and y- y'all going through those exercises, I remember Fun Size for Good being a really important thing last year. And and we did some some events with some folks. So maybe we can touch on that too, like how the like the Fun Size for Good figures into like the bigger picture idea of, of where Fun Size was trying to put itself moving into this year. We had budget set aside because the first time that we did it, it was so successful and we like saw, and you, you were part of it too. So you saw mm-hmm. like how much change we were able to make and how much impact we were able to make in just one week. So, I mean, we were, I, me personally, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I was super stoked, you know, like thinking about who else we could work with, right. For mm-hmm. fun, fun signs for good. And yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just unfortunate. Hopefully, you know, that when we can do it, we can do it twice as big to make up for, for this year. 
Yeah. But I'm glad that you brought that up because, yeah, it was something that I, we were consciously thinking of doing better than we did the first time we did it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like to do all those kinds of things you want to do, like, you know, at least we realized that we could forecast and plan for that, you know, so that we could direct sales and marketing appropriately, knowing what how performance would be evaluated. Like, hey, it's okay. Like the sales aren't going to hit this number because we want to allow for so much like this amount of like donation work to nonprofits and this, this amount of money for like, you know, startups, you know, I, I think that that's just a mission that rings true to the essence of fun size, to be totally honest. And I think that the, the fact that you all even consider that and consider giving back to the community, giving back to organizations for good and wanting to be part of that is pretty awesome. And just like you said, Natalie, like having myself been a part of that, I was able to see firsthand how like eye opening design is for people whenever they have access to it. And, and the organization that I was a part of, like, it was like light years ahead of where they, not where they could have been, but we were a facilitator for their growth in a very short amount of time. And I Mm -hmm. thought that was really awesome. Yeah. And then something else too, is that speaking of budgets and things like that, we had um, Serena, who is our, I guess she's managing. Well, at the time, at last year, she was the studio manager. Studio manager. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a whole entire ongoing list at the end of 2019 of where we were going to do, like what was going to happen with Method Weeks. So we were supposed to have a trip. We had like a lot of cool places to go. I think some things on the list was like Denver, Colorado, New Mexico. Um, So we had budgeted for that too. And then to be able to project the growth. And so to wrap all that into like Method Week and yeah, yeah, just. I mean, I, w- I was I was hoping Thinking about that makes me sad because yeah. <laughs> you weren't able I, to do it. <laughs> I, I was I was, uh, you know, I was hoping that when we entered 2020, I would be able to like get sign off on taking the team to Iceland. Like mm. I was, you know, like or, you know, like we were thinking about like also this other group that we started to fold this design leadership group. We were also talking about like, I think just like any anyone else when they enter a new year, right? Like, oh, everyone's always like dreaming about, oh, what are we going to do this year, right? So many opportunities. And I think it was pretty dreamy until February. Good segue. Curious to know how Q1 was, right? Uh, obviously, I was here, but for everybody that's listening, I think that they might be interested. Um, you know, thinking back to Q1 2020, what kind of clients came, were coming through the door? What were the most memorable things, people, projects, uh, clients that were, you know, wanting to work with us or that we were wanting to work with. Think back to that time of what things were coming through the door. You know, by the time last year concluded, you know, 2019, you know, we were, you know, we were working with a lot of companies and some of this work was like, you know, like, you know, pretty important enterprise level stuff. The last business trip that I was on was in, was a trip to Gothenburg you know, to, you know, meet with a client and talk about the future and all that. And then, you know, pretty fairly shortly after I got back, like, well, actually I traveled right at the moment where they were talking about the pandemic on the news, mm-hmm. but it, I didn't really understand that it was a pandemic. Right. At, mm-hmm. at the time, I actually think I contracted COVID while, while I was in Sweden. That's a whole other story. <laughs> but, um, fairly shortly after we got back, like, just things started like really, you know, going haywire. A company that we had worked with for a year, year and a half, like had to terminate all vendor relationships. So we lost a million dollars worth of planned revenue. That was, that hurt really bad. All of the startups that we were working with went away. 
mm-hmm. um, and the ones that didn't want to go away that we were investors and we had to kind of advise them like, look, you know, you kind of, you probably at least need to like stop spending money right now and, and prepare to winter to storm. And in Austin, Texas, I don't know, it's the same way in, you know, other, other places like the Bay area, but you know, it felt like forever, just period of time where like no business was closing. Mm-hmm. And so to summarize it in the bet in the simplest way possible, we were planning for like the absolutely worst scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, an ABC scenarios about how we would do that. And I think we just got, you know, we were talking to a lot of a- other uh, agencies and companies, talking to our clients, listening to them. Like, what are you going through? What are your biggest pain points? How can we help? Talking to other agencies, mm-hmm. what are you seeing? I feel like we got really lucky. Uh, you know, we had like right at the moment where things felt like it couldn't get any worse, you know, new companies were, you know, you know, signing up to work with us. That's, that's incredible. And so uh, it, it was really uh, amazing you know you know last year you know like some of the clients you know um we have a like a you know i was preparing for this a little list you know we were working with toast last year at at&t coming into this year we were you know looking at you know new work with a longtime client volvo despite the challenges of covid new companies like uh, northwestern mutual and dell gave us opportunities to to work with their teams we uh, also uh, started working with capital one we started working with GoDaddy again, a, f- a former client coming back in. Lots of startups like uh, Centered, a company that we're investing in that like makes a super awesome task management app. That's like the combination of like Asana meets Spotify meets like meditation. We had business with a company called Gringo that we're investors in that does uh, legal marijuana, first legal marijuana delivery in in Texas. We worked this year with Texas Monthly, Whole Foods, Amazon. Stacklet, Tap and Spec, Supply Drop, Flow Recruit, Primary Bio, Career Ship. Like, so when I look at that list now, and I think like what I was thinking, like in, in February, March, I was thinking, will we have any business at all? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and yeah. what we, I just feel, I, and I say this in the most humbling way, but I never would have imagined that we would like have grown this much, right? So like, despite pandemic and all that we've had our like 20 2019 was our best year on record 2020 will beat that uh which is really surprising why do you think that is i can only imagine that there's certain things happening but why do we think that that is happening well gosh i don't know um i think you know since i'm in obviously because we do really amazing yeah because we do amazing work we have good people i you know i i think that's that's key but i think from a business perspective, I think it's because, I mean, I mean, it's not the same story for everyone, right? But uh, a similar story that we heard was that, you know, a lot of people we're working with, like, they already wanted to work with us. But because of the pandemic, their hiring plans for full-time FTEs for 2020 and 2021, and maybe even 2022, were kind of put on pause, right? So mm-hmm, they had mm-hmm. to invest more in agency partnerships. And so we've also seen, like, clients that are, like, have rewired their brain to think about that on the next level. How can we have teams of multiple agencies working with our in-house team? So I think the pandemic really, really rewired the way people think about protecting their own businesses. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. uh, okay, well, you know, they had all these other factors happening too, right now. Like, you know, Google and Facebook saying like work anywhere in the world you want. Right. Yeah. 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 I think that changed the way people think about ag- agencies too. Right. Cause now all of a sudden it was like, easier to think about 
alternative, like maybe non or like a design yeah. team not being there. Yeah. 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 I mean, I remember whenever that news broke of Facebook and Google kind of changing the mold and it, it, in that moment, it was kind of like one kind of crazy, but two kind of like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But in, and in that sense, it, it totally is logical to say that is the catalyst for a much bigger change of within those organizations to say like, okay, yeah, we, or, or at least maybe for an interim period of time, like changing how we work with vendors or agencies like that. But like the, the, the model in which that we, you know, operate really well in is like kind of a staff augmentation model. So maybe you could like talk through that a little bit more about. So if you think about like, you know, the thing that I just said, like, okay, so maybe, you know, at least from our perspective and the companies we're working with, they, they, you know, there was more open-mindedness about, okay, let's work with other teams. Let's put our, these cultures together. But then I think also the pandemic has caused that to go like, and I also gave the example, like, okay, well, certain like bringing in multiple agencies. But I think even because of all that growth and this desire, like everyone's just trying to protect their businesses, right? Like how can we protect our work, our mission, our people, all that sort of stuff. It's even changed the way like we think about how we scaffold, right? Like this year we brought in, we started working with other agency partners, right? Like in Iceland, mm-hmm. our friends metal in Iceland, right? To do this, right? I think it's just been an or- extraordinary year of like people coming together and allowing like multiple people to play in this. But to your question, I think our model was kind of already primed for, for this. Like mm-hmm. uh, we, we had always like found a way to, I hate the word augment. The, the word augment has a very positive definition, you know, if you look at the actual definition, but it's something about it that doesn't sound right. But um, we've always done that, right? So like, you know, when people understood what we were doing, that like we're, we're going to help grow their teams and be a part of their journey and a part of their culture and they can be a part of ours and we can, when they learn like what we could do with that, that we can maintain work for long periods of time and help them hire and grow teams and stuff like that. It's, it's just a, you know, especially in general, it's always been our benefit, but I think especially through the pandemic, it, it was, uh, that's what people needed. Kind of on the, still with that, the pandemic theme, we close our office. Womp womp. We closed, well, yeah, we closed our office. I was super bummed about that. Uh, we're still closed with still no end in sight. How did y'all struggle with that decision? Or was it a struggle? Yeah, I don't think it was necessarily, I wouldn't call it a struggle. I think us, for the better half of 2020, it was more like a denial. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, like when it hit, we were like, okay, we're going to close the office. We're only going to do it, you know, like we'll be back in August or whatever it was, right? September, I think that we set the initial date. And then from there, it was like September came around. We're like, all right, it's not going anywhere. So we kept pushing mm-hmm. it back. I think we've pushed it back at least four or five times now. But at some point it turned from denial into, okay, that, you know, like as much as we love to be around everyone, it's just people first, Exciting. right? Like we just have to yeah. make sure that everyone's comfortable and safe and healthy and you know like it sucks though because you know like you if you think about it there's people like anthony and i and like you know there's some people on the team that have significant others there are some people that don't so when you think about it, it's like when you close an office down it's you don't just think about like okay cool it's easy you close an office down it's like well there's an office gives it supplies more than you kind of 
think it does until you actually dig down deeper, right? It gives people an escape, um, mm-hmm. you know, like from their crazy two-year-old toddlers or, you know, like from just their daily, you know, like the place that they wake up every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's something that we were trying to just navigate around because that was something that was at the forefront of our mind. But Yeah, it's, I mean, you know, even like marriages, right? Like, what happens when you have like two people in a room all day long for like nine months, you, you know, like space makes a lot of impact, right? Yeah. You know, like yeah. and couples that don't have any space from each other. Like I wouldn't surprise me, you know, if that has a lot to do with like a lot of relationship issues. And, you know, I think about my, you know, my friend Dario, Dario, if you're listening, I'm thinking about you, like think about what it's like to be single, not have any pets, mm-hmm. move to a mm-hmm. new city, and then like three to four weeks later, there's a pandemic and you can't go anywhere. You're, you're totally isolated and alone. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So I don't know. I, I think yeah. that the first part was like protect people. Second phase is like, okay, well. How can we connect people again? Yeah. And I think that's the one thing that we've been struggling with. Like for a while, you know, like when it first started, we were doing a lot of things, you know, like virtual happy hours and things like that. But like after it hits a certain point and you're, you've been doing zoom calls all day for like four months at some point, like, you know, people are going to be like, I don't, yes, I want to see your face on like a zoom call or a Google meet or whatever. But honestly, like I just want to not be on another zoom call and I feel the same way. So, you know, it's hard to try to stay motivated to keep a culture alive and like feed it when everyone is kind of just tired and beaten down and you just want, like you want space, even though you might not have it. It's kind of a weird, a weird balance, but it is, it is hard. You know, it it really is hard to try to keep, to, to try to be able to provide an opportunity for people to see each other outside of just like the day to day client meetings um, and still try to make it fun. Still want people to like call into it and participate. You know, when you're seven, eight, nine months into a freaking pandemic. Yeah, uh, I feel you on all levels there. Moving from a a you know conference calls whenever we need them to conference calls as a only means of communication mm-hmm. has been has been a challenge, definitely. Even with my family, right? It's like you rely on on seeing your family for certain times and then having to go to to see them on a screen at the same time yeah my parents are like we're starting a weekly zoom call and i was like oh (laughs) (laughs) you love i was actually surprised i was actually surprised the other day because you all know this but i'm part of the sunshine community garden my girlfriend isabel and i are and we had a there there was a, we went to the garden the other day and they were like, Hey, we're having a, an all gardener meeting on Tuesday. So I was like, okay, cool. And so yesterday I came around and I was like, uh, oh, when do we have to be over here at the garden? And she was like, Oh no, it's, it's virtual. And so it was awesome to see 50 plus, um, older folks on a zoom call, like joking around, <laughs> like using, using the like raise hand feature and stuff like that. So how, how um, long did it take them all to get into the zoom call? That's <laughs> It was actually awesome. They were already there whenever we arrived. Oh, wow. It was amazing. So, like, I think to a certain degree, it's it's bringing uh, people into modern age. Yeah, to a certain degree. that's yeah. cool. I mean, yeah, that's cool. I mean, you know, like uh, you you and I had a call the other day, and we were just catching up. 
And you, you know, like mm-hmm. you said something to me, you said something like, you know, you, you made a comment about our culture and I'm glad you did because I, I think I've spent this entire year wondering if this whole, this was going to destroy our culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, cause we gone for, you know, almost seven years being in the same room every day to like never seeing each other. I think that and it's definitely not affected every company the same way. Like lots of companies have always been remote, but this is really different for this, for fun size. Yeah. 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 But I don't know. You want when I see, you know, like people or start organizing, you know, like Natalie and you know, a few uh, coworkers, they do Mario Kart and me and a few people do call of duty. Like there's other ways to like, <laughs> yeah, we do connect. parking lot hangs. Safely, safely, yeah, <laughs> safely. We're actually thinking about doing like. There's other ideas being tossed around. I don't know, if, like you know, like going to a drive-in together, like a drive-in movie together. Mm-hmm. So I think awesome. it's cool because it it's making it easier for us because other businesses are adapting to this lifestyle. So, you know, like we did during Method Week, like the pizza party thing, like there's actually another, like a new company that spun out of the pandemic that, you know, tries to create virtual experiences for people. So I think the more, the more time that passes, more businesses start popping up that cater to like that kind of thing. And it's starting to make it a little bit easier. It's not the same, obviously, but um, it helps. Mm -hmm. I think, I think the thing though, is that we decided well, I think Natalie and I at least have always known that we're not going to just go remote forever. Like a lot of companies just decided, okay, we're going to close the office down, just go remote, but we don't want to do that. You know, like uh, we're not ready for it to happen yet and maybe it'll happen sometime next year, but I think this will forever change the way we work. But we, I think we've kind of aligned on the office kind of thing being voluntary, right? And letting it kind of just happen naturally, you know, but we're working on that. Uh, but man, I mean, I, I think that that thing has been really hard for me, you know, like, you know, and, and we're not, we have, we've grown, right? So there's growth things to talk about here too. But like, from a business owner's perspective, you want to know all the people that work with you, right? Yeah. You want to know their significant others, the names of their pets, like what they dream about, like, and things like that. And when you can't like, just like run into them on the couch or the water so cooler or Go get or coffee whatever, together. You know, yeah, it's hard. I think that only time will tell, but I, I, I agree with you. I think that eventually I'd like to get back into the office and, and hang out with some familiar faces. So that's obviously how we work together. But has going to this remote kind of world we live in now, like has that, how has that changed how we work with our clients or our partners? Or has it? So, I mean, you know, like since I help with sales, like I hear a lot of things, right? Like I, you know, I'll tell clients like, look, you know, I just want to let you know, like we're over indexing on collaboration to like do things like replace what we used to be able to do by gathering around someone's computer to look at design, right? Or something like that, or the coffee. Some people really understand that and some don't. And I think it kind of depends on whether they've been remote or not, right? There's a varying degree of like how our, client partners like can empathize with what we're doing, but they all, the one thing in common is that they all understand that these things are important for maintaining longevity, mental health and all these things. So it's been, you know, pretty supportive. So, yeah, I'll, I'll say that one of the things that I've, I've really kind of 
come to love is the the subtle little things that happen whenever you are on a, whenever you are on a call. Like somebody's kid will run into the room, or like somebody's dog will start barking, or something else will happen, and you get like a little glimpse into their life. And then at that moment, they kind of become they are real people, but you get that kind of behind the behind the scenes look yeah, at like their actual. I life. love that kind of stuff. Like, and even me, like before. When I used to work from home, whenever Julian, our taught like our two year old, would run into the room, like I would all like instantly, like just half a second later, go on mute, right? But now I just mm-hmm. I just let him go at it. I'm just like, okay, cool, like this is me. I'm working from like everyone's dealing with it. I think a lot mm-hmm. of people, or mostly everyone, is more compassionate, and I actually think they're like you just said, like more accepting of that kind yeah. of stuff. And I actually really enjoy it because mm-hmm. yeah. I th- I think you're right. I think this whole pandemic thing has reminded people that we're all humans yeah. dealing with the yeah. same thing. Yep. Yeah. I, I think that's yeah. really interesting what you guys are just talking about. Like what's in the background? Like are there books? What books are they? <laughs> I find myself <laughs> yeah. looking at people's backgrounds all the time. Uh, I was, I'm actually kind of bummed. Yeah. Damn, damn that virtual, virtual background. Yeah. Yes. I kind of bummed whenever people put on virtual backgrounds. Do you have heavy metal posters in the background? Like, Oh, I like metal music too. Yeah. You know, I like, was actually on a call. It was a pretty big call with like 20 ish people on it. And there's two people that literally looked like they had similar backgrounds, which is like a bunch of star Wars memorabilia and DVD sets and a bunch, like all that and lightsabers. And they're just like, Oh my God, dude, like you, <laughs> <laughs> You're like in yeah. your in your game dungeon too. So am I. It's just nice. it was interesting and really awesome. Uh, let me let, let us ask a question back at you from you know from your perspective as someone that works for uh, our group that has gone through this. Like, how has it been for you doing the kind of work you do with the team that you work with? I know that you have like team members of fun sized people and client people, but what has it been like for you? I mean, I think that um, it's been a journey for sure, kind of along the lines of what we're just talking about, you know, at the very beginning, it was like, okay, cool. Like we're going to go through this thing. We're going to do this for a little bit and then we'll kind of go back to normal. And then it's, it extends a little bit further and it's like, okay, cool. Like, you know, we're, we're kind of experiment with doing things this way and doing things that way. Um, Cause we're, we're, we're just over the hump of this thing. And then, you know, finally come to the, the moment of, of acceptance of like, Hey, like, we're going to be here for a while. And so I think at that point, it's a, it was a little bit sobering of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sitting in my house and I've, I've been here for a while. But one of the things that I found interesting about myself is I did find myself becoming way more productive um, in terms of like, like just spiking. Like I would just spike up and, and operate at a really high pace for a while. And then I would have to kind of come down from that and give myself a break. To kind of be completely honest, like early on, you know, just people around me, I knew that they were kind of struggling with a lot of stuff. Like, you know, not only was pandemic going on, you know, a lot of other, you know, socially, uh, you know, social things were going on in the world. And so we were constantly surrounded by a lot of stuff. And for me, I think that I, I channeled that into into a little bit of like, like kind of get shit done mentality. So I kind of felt a little guilty about that because a lot of people were struggling to kind of focus and, and to kind of get work done. But I felt like I was doing really well at it. So for me, I I kind of felt guilty about it, but I don't know if I, I don't know if I do anymore because that's just me. I've kind of accepted me and accepted like that's, that's how I, I work. But, 
uh, as this drags on, the more I, the more and more I'm, I do miss being around people. So that's, I guess that, that was a lot. And maybe in a nutshell, like that's kind of sums it up, but, uh, I'm just ready to put 2020 in the books, close the chapter, get it out of here. Let's move on. Yes, please. Tony, if uh, if you don't be mind being honest with me, like, has there anything psychologically that uh, has changed in your head? Like when you're like, okay, so we do a lot of remote work for clients and we do a lot of augmentation work, right? But we used to do that under one roof, right? Mm-hmm. Doing that remotely, do you, do you ever struggle with like feeling like you're not really sure like what culture you belong to? You mean culturally from our client partners to ours? Yeah. I mean, because like when we, I'm, I'm, there's something I think I'm obsessed about. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we used to do all that together, but now we're separate. I and mean, it's something I'm just, I'm curious um, how that. For me, I think I, I think I'm, I, I have a very clear line drawn in the sand when it comes to that type of thing. But I also am more than happy to like give everything I have to to our client partners too, because I want their experience working with us to be as amazing as it possibly can be, right? Because at the end of the day, the way I think about it, people remember what it felt like to work together versus what the actual thing was that we made, right? And so I want like how they feel working together to feel as as real, honest, authentic, and genuine as possible. But I'll always remain true to like my true culture of, of fun size. And, and honestly, the reason why I feel like I, I need to work that way with our client partners is because of how we kind of built our, or I guess I can say we, I'm part of it, how we built our culture, right? So like, I, I think that that, um, for me, I don't think that there's anything like psychologically that has changed, you know, being kind of quote, on our own, in our own rooms, but kind of being dedicated to a, a client or whatever. That's cool. But no, I, I don't I don't think so. Cool. But I'll let you know if it does. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, I think please, it's important. Please do. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. it's, a, I think yeah. it's a good question uh, because to, to y'all's point, what you're just saying of, of uh, fortunately, I have somebody that I can sit shoulder to shoulder with at home, my loving girlfriend, you know, but some people don't. So how does, how do they, how do they, you know, yeah. experience that? that uh, yeah. same question, but I don't know. So let's, let's kind of keep going here. So is, was there anything thinking through the term through the lens of growth, right? Design org wise, studio wise, how did we grow? Were there any new services that have come up um, this year or has, has there been anything that's kind of like been pushed forward or, or, or things like that? So in terms of the data, our design team grew by 50% conservatively, mm-hmm. which may not sound like much for companies that like are growing intensely, but for our little family-owned business, that was quite a bit. And uh, making sure that we manage the work and manage culture and all that, like it kind of caused us to, to you know, like think about, oh, how are we going to do that? It also caused us to think about culture, back to the culture thing, because mm-hmm. culture has always been king for us, but then, uh, Natalie and I talked about this and, you know, we think that like, you know, it's people like you, given what you just said about how you feel about the way you work with clients and our team, um, the, the space to grow, right? Because the best way maybe that you can expand culture is by growing and doing that in the right way. 
so the design team has grown significantly. Like, you know, like, like I said, when we started this recording, like I, on the onset of the pandemic, I was really thinking about the worst, right? I mean, you know, I, I won't say what that is, but I think you can infer what that means mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, to going from, you know, thinking about the worst to like two weeks, four, three weeks later, like adding more and more and more people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a roller coaster. Right? I've, I've never had to deal with that before, right? So and I, Natalie either, you know. You know, all at the same time, like a lot of the a lot of these um, new opportunities, like really allowed us and gave us the space to sort of finesse and refine our approaches to them. Like not just product design, but like our playbook for staff augmentation, a more refined UXR practice, a more refined visual design design language system practice. Mm-hmm. So, I I personally I you know I'm curious to hear what Natalie thinks, but I love that because now the team is so we have the right amount of our people on our team to have like this perfect balance of journalists and specialists and these like, hardcore, like, you know, like focus areas. And so I don't know. I feel like this year we went from being like generalist to a company that like has some significant specialties. And I, and I'm really proud of that. Um, plus one to what Anthony is saying. I feel like we figured a lot of stuff out and I actually think being remote and, you know, like all of this happening in 2020 has actually helped us be able to like really dig into some of the issues we were having and solve a lot of the ones, you know, that we were thinking about. And I don't know if that could be just because Anthony and I are now in the house together 24 <laughs> seven. So we're just, you know, talking, talking through a lot of that stuff. But I, I do agree with Anthony and what Anthony, what Anthony just did, said. Did you all, you to predict you would be here in 2021 at this size and doing these things whenever you no first, way. whenever you first started no way not 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 anywhere near nowhere close i i would have never like i always like you know like before fun size my, my goals are pretty like simple like do good work work with good people like that's still true but like i i would have never imagined that that we had the opportunity to do what we're doing i, I feel very humbled every 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 time I'm working. Yeah, same. Yeah, I'm also going to plus one on that too. Especially the the note that you you all both have just touched on is is letting people's passions kind of you know determine where they go within fun size and being able. You you guys are great listeners to what people are interested in, what they're passionate about, and hopefully, you know, there's a way to marry those into the the future of fun size you know and i think that's great i think that's not to get too 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 cheesy but it's a, it's a it's it's a it's a great place to work and i appreciate you guys for that yeah i appreciate that I appreciate and, you know, that. it all comes down to people and relationships right and you know people have options right so you know to me that's not like an extraordinary thing it just should just be the status quo that's how it should be everywhere when you know humans are your, are the most important thing I totally agree. It's also, I think that Anthony, you're, you're the segue king here because I want to now touch on (laughs) fun size ventures and what that means to the company, because that was also really big this year and towards the tail end of last year. So like, let's talk about fun size venture stuff and like why it was so important. What is it like for, for people that don't may not know, what is it? Okay. So, um, I, I really wanted Natalie to start on this one, but she, she pointed at me, but okay. So here's, here's the, here's the, 
the high level. When you grow, and and anyone who's thinking about freelancing or starting a business is going to experience the same thing. When you grow, it sometimes can get harder and harder to work with the companies you want, right? Like maybe they don't have enough money. You're just natural growth. You've like over exceeded like what they can spend, right? That just happens. It's just economics. But it doesn't have to be that way, right? And, and if you're lucky enough, like you, you, you can think about this differently. So like our, like the original thought was like, okay, what can we do to make just simple, simple, what can we do to make, uh, make it possible for startups to afford us mm-hmm. more? The, the first iteration I was like, oh, we'll just have different price points. Like we'll just lower, you know, let's lower our pricing. But learning lesson there is that no one really values you when you lower your price points. It's, it's the worst thing you can do to lower your value. Mm. But uh, in the next iteration was like, oh, what could you do to like do that differently? So the next iteration was like, okay, well, we'll keep the valuation the same, but we'll give other people the opportunity to like find creative ways to compensate for that, like equity, deferred payment, loans, whatever. We always tried to figure out like what could we do in like the creative capital venture space mm. that's different than that this that's unique, right? Mm-hmm. And what we noticed, and this was not this is why I'm pointing to Natalie. Like I think <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure it was her that pointed it out that all of the people that we were creating biz- business relationships with, and I mean specifically investing in them, all had like something in common. They were people like us mm-hmm. they were female founders they were minority founders they were um, disenfranchised founders they were design founders they were anything but the typical sort of scenario right and then so we decided okay that's that's the key focus on that focus on the founders focus on those people that are like us that are trying to build businesses don't focus on the industry vertical. Don't focus on like whether it's like consumer or whatever. Don't don't even worry about the product. Just like focus on the on the founders mm-hmm. and and that's like what's been our I think what has like really made this like a real thing. And so that's what we've been doing. Yeah, I think it's pretty awesome. Uh, I got to work on a, a ventures project, and uh, it was uh, it was fun. It was cool. I liked it. So it's official. It's officially launched this year. Last year. Yeah, I mean, we've been doing it like kind of, you know, in different ways, but it was like in the last year or this year where we just said, look, this is what we're going to do. Like, we're only going to invest in these kinds of companies mm-hmm. with these specific kind of founders. And then it like just was so easy to tie into our strategic mission and like tell all of the people in our company like what we're doing and why. And it just like, you know seemed to be so much easier to do. Like once they're like everyone understood like the precision of the focus there. Mm-hmm. It's still risky. Right. But, um, it doesn't matter. You know, like I, I think like it's a yin yang thing, right? Money comes in from higher paying clients to give you the risk to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. That makes that possible. So they, those are inter- interdependent. Yeah. I mean, coming back to where we first started, like, those types of missions that you all have are just kind of like who you are as people. So I think that's pretty cool. And so kind of with that, with those partners, what's the, uh, the primary like accomplishment that is, that's being trying to, that y'all are trying to achieve by working with those people? I think there's multiple reasons. The first one that I think of is just being able to support 
some of like the, you know, the people that Anthony was talking about, like that group that we're trying to focus on with fun size ventures. So the people that can't just easily walk into a boardroom and expect that they're going to get funding, right? Like it's, so I think that's the number one thing. The second thing is being able to feel invested into something, being able to like know that you have skin in the game um, to be able to help these people out. The third thing, and you can elaborate on any of these, but these are the ones that come to mind, Anthony. Um, the third thing is that it gives everyone on the team a different type of product to work on as well. So like, you know, we always talk about this everywhere. It's like balancing startup and enterprise. So I think by having, you know, like all those things piled up, right? So like being able to support someone else, being able to give them like, you know, design help that they otherwise might not be able to get. And then also being able to give designers at fun size the ability to work on a startup project because I mean those are way different than working on an enterprise mm-hmm. client um, I think so that, yeah like those three three things compiled um, or what like what I think about because um, you all yeah, like give, I have nothing to add there that's perfect yeah because you all yeah. give give like um, like um, industry advice right also along with that it's not just about doing the work do you all also kind of I'm just curious, is like some type of advice about, you know, your roadmap and like how to, you know, how you can succeed because, you know, some people might come to the table and just like have a a spark of an idea, but they're not, you know, they, they're not primed to like know the work that's involved to, to, to get to where they want to go. Yeah, totally. And like, we've got, we've given social media advice, even though Mm. we're not really like a marketing company. We recently, we had a conversation yesterday with someone that we've invested in that, uh, you know, he's a developer and he was like, and we were giving him the advice because we were working with him and, you know, we take um, part equity in the business. We're like, you know what, based off of what we're hearing and what we're seeing, you should just go hire your own designer. So we were essentially telling him to replace us. Um, but that was like the right thing to do. Right. Because at the end of the day, we are investors. We are watching out for them. We care about like their future. Um, and so we, you know, Anthony actually volunteered to be like, if you want to help, like if you want help hiring and interviewing, like, let me know. Um, because, you know, like as a, de- he was a developer and so he didn't know what questions to ask when it came to hiring a designer, what to look for. Yeah. Like what, what to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so essentially we were just like, yeah. yeah, let us know if you need help. You, I mean, you also said something very brilliant on that call that I've been thinking about. Cause that call was just yesterday. You chimed in and said like, look, I need you to understand the difference between engineers and designers. Hmm. Like designers just aren't in terminal coding at a, at a pace velocity every day. Creativity is an ebb and flow. And like those, you know, like you were at, you added that level of like how to understand designers for non-designers. I yeah, because really I think cool. at some That's point in that conversation, yeah, we were talking about output and the con- like he had to raise a concern actually. Like, you know, we're not seeing the same output day to day. Like Monday is different than Friday. And I was like, yeah, you know, like that's just <laughs> what it's like to work with the designer. We're not, we're, it's not as binary, you know, as like, I don't want to. I know you don't want to put anyone <laughs> yeah. into a bucket, but uh, you know. But you know, like yeah. w- Designers, we just, and even I do it too. It's like some days I'm more productive than others. You know, it's even worse. Like the highs and lows are even, Mm -hmm. there's even a bigger delta in that with the pandemic going on. But even like on a normal day, like one day is going to be different than the next. And I I think that's something that he didn't understand that I hope, I hopefully like Anthony mentioned, 
I was able to explain to him. And that was all in the lens of like hiring someone to work with him. Yeah. I mean, we want to work with, with ventures. The focus is these specific kind of founders, but also in addition to that, ones that really value design and want to learn how to do design. Because, you know, the, the, you know, like the vendors that you choose or the very first designer you hire is critical mm-hmm. to like what happens next. And so I think it's like, for me personally, that, that scratches my itch of like, I don't know, just that kind of entrepreneurial spirit, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it, to Natalie's earlier points about balance it, in simple, in the plainest language possible, it's about balance. Mm-hmm. Like someone's going to come to fun size for a balanced experience. This helps that. Right. Different, you know, like just any, like just everything is balanced, you know? I think it's pretty incredible. Side note, I'd love to have a, a, a separate conversation about, because you, you just reminded me of something I read a long time ago, Natalie, of, of where your subconscious delivers your, your basically where it delivers your ideas. Some It's different for everybody, right? Some people are smoking cigarettes. Some people are super late at night when they're up. Some people are showering. showering. Yeah, that's why that's, <laughs> that's a really common one is people are like, yeah. Yeah. anyway, separate conversation. Actually, I, this is so off topic. Maybe it's not. It's cut to your point. We've been watching Selena, uh, the series on Netflix, and there's that what you said, Tony, in the, about the shower thing, reminded me of what he, this guy, this character in that show said, which is that a lot of the a lot of people, and this is sorry, this is way off topic, but it's top of mind for me. A lot of people have ideas in the showers because whenever you're in the shower, the heat of the water relaxes the muscles that pull on the part of your brain Mm. that like, um, it releases the part of your brain that has ideas. And so, yeah, whenever you're showering that, I think that's why a lot of people, anyway, anyway. And that's why I need your approval for a sauna at the house. (laughs) No, you can just move (laughs) your desk to the shower. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man. All right. Um so it also reminded me of a question. So, you know, at the very beginning where we started talking, um coming into 2020, you know, kind of rallying leadership together with Peter, kind of trying to figure out like okay, cool, we have all this stuff going on, what does it all mean? You know, how can we, you know, maybe twist these gears here, push these buttons there to kind of like, you know, move forward into into 2020. What have you heard anything from your your mentors this year that was super valuable? You know, I know that um, Anthony, you're you're pretty close to Peter. Maybe he provided some little gem to you or something. Natalie, I'm not sure who your mentors are if you have mentors, but has anything been valuable? It maybe at the beginning of the year um, or lately that's helped you kind of make it through things. Some initial thoughts is like we just like everything at Fun Size. I think we do a little bit differently. Like the kinds of people hire, the what you know, like just differently. And I think a lot of we got a lot of great feedback from clients. Like, what, what? For example, we got we got some feedback from multiple clients this year. Like, how are your junior designers so awesome? <laughs> like, how do you do that? You know. And then we got feedback from our CFO team. Like, how are you? How are you able to manage the orchestration on these projects so effectively from an operation perspective? So, like, I I think that made us like I think comments like that gave us the seed of like feeling, you know, cause we have imposter syndrome too, you know, Natalie and I, mm-hmm. 
we're learning every day. We don't know what the fuck we're doing. We're trying, <laughs> you know. Um, I think comments like that were really positive reinforcement to like, you know, like, oh, look, look, you know, what we're doing. I think that, um, you know, the coaches that we have also sort of can see where we're at in relationship to experiences they've had in the past, right? When they go from like eight to 16 to 32 people or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, they can give advice like, okay, well at this stage you need this, like you need to make sure you have like more principal level people or, or these kind of things, right. To, which are also good advice for, you know, team building scenarios. Your specific question about coaches. Uh, I, I really can't like say much about it. Cause like I have lots of coaches I actually have three um, because I get so much value from them. I need other people to talk to that's not Natalie because I don't want to bug her you know, at night. <laughs> but I've learned so much, right? Uh, so much is so confidential, but like mm-hmm. coaching, coaches getting through like this year has been critical. Yeah, I think it's, it boils down to personality type. Like I don't fare well. It actually stresses me out to have a coach. Mm. Um, I honestly wish I had more mentors, but I, um, a lot of the times being the type of person that I am, I am, I'm in my head a lot. And so what I need really is less of like, am I doing this right? Or am I doing it wrong? But more of a validation of like the thought process that I have. And so a lot of that time, like a lot of that, I rely on, you know, people that are closest to me, like friends, you know, to talk through, um, and Anthony, you know, Anthony Maureen and some other some other people to just kind of feel free and, you know, like not, I, I, the people that are telling me that I'm not burdening them, right. With like just thinking through things. Mm -hmm. But what drives a lot of my thinking is some of the, um, the values that actually Peter helped us come up with, um, that helps me decide like whether or not this is the right direction for what we're doing. We haven't shared them anywhere publicly. I don't think, but like, we haven't even shared these with the team. I think we, we mentioned them, but I'll, I'll, I have I have the list right here. So it's uh, balance, experience, humility, fearless, and accepting are some of the values that we're thinking of, you know, or that we've defined actually in the um, in our workshop with Peter, and that came, you know, from all of us, all three of us, me, Anthony, and Mari, and so that's what I kind of reference. Like, are these? Is this meeting the? Like, are my thoughts? hitting these marks or are they hitting like one of these marks or mm. so yeah mm. so I, I i definitely act like i uh, i interact differently than anthony does when it comes to to thinking through things mm. uh, but one thing that's kind of interesting this year because of the growth and because like the okay so because of the growth we had this year which is totally unexpected all of our like you know directors managers are at capacity right we want to grow people, right? So we had to find ways to do that. So like a couple of things that I thought were pretty cool that we did this year is like we brought Peter Merholtz in to like work with one of our teams to like show them like his approach to user research, right? I feel humble that someone like that would even give us the time of the day. Like, you know, Peter Merholtz, that's a big name. Mm-hmm. Also like Dan Petty is uh, about to wrap up a two-month personalized UI design training program with six of our designers that we knew were like, wanted to level up specifically in UI design. Mm-hmm. It's so awesome to know that like these people get to have like one-on-one time from someone like Dan Petty. Uh, and it, I think it's also, you can't do it all yourself, right? Like partnerships, coaches, like, you know, like 
I don't know, back to the concept, it's like about including more people into the common goal, right? You can't do it all yourself. You need people. Mm-hmm. So kind of with that, going forward into 2021, what advice would you give to people listening that you would want them to know? The thing that's the top of mind for me is that we, like, so we're, we're about to hit, what, year seven in January? Eight. You're eight? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Uh, Actually, maybe nine. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. It, uh, it, okay, this is the biggest thing that I can think of because it's one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. We didn't really start thinking about our ladders and rubrics for design leveling until the end of 2019. And we, while we've made significant progress, it takes a long time to roll these things out, right? Mm-hmm. So the biggest piece of advice I could give to anyone is like, start that as soon as you think you need to, mm-hmm. right? Maybe even when you have like three designers because uh, it can really be transformative to how you think about someone's capacity. Uh, even though that, like, it, it doesn't matter if someone has like one year experience or 10 years experience, it matters what they can do, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you need to have understanding for that framework, for that interviewing, hiring, positioning, uh, roles, titles. Like, I wish we'd have done that years ago. Hmm. Uh, that's the thing that's top of mind for me because it's one of the, uh, it's, uh, it's difficult. Um, for me, it's, I, and I, I think about this all the time, <laughs> but it's, and this sounds cheesy because it has to do with Anthony, but Anthony gave a talk, I think, in, when we first started the company because the the way I remember it was that it was our first team trip to Chicago because it was to hear him give this talk that he worked really hard on. And the title of that talk was adapt to change. Mm. And so for Mm. me, like I'm constantly thinking about his presentation, not just like the contents of it, but the whole entire premise of it, like being able to adapt to change because Mm. just like 2020, like some shit's going to happen. You're not going to be prepared for it. But the good thing is that if you're able to be nimble enough to shift then I think you're going to be able to get through whatever it is that life throws at you. Mm. Um, so you have to not, you have to find a way to not be set in your ways. And so I think 20, like going into 2021, like no one knows what's going to happen in 2021. We're coming out of 2020, which is like a total shit show. <laughs> um, we're all hoping for the best. We're all hoping that it's going to be better than 2020. We just don't know. Right. So it's like, as long as we're able to be present and to be mindful of the fact that we don't know, I think is how I'm going to approach 2021. Dang. That's deep. Yeah. No one knows. Right. I mean, um, <laughs> but um, I mean, knows. at least, uh, at least it won't be le- at least 2021 will not Just be don't 2020. Jinx, don't, don't jinx it. Don't, don't jinx it. <laughs> oh gosh. Dude. No, 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 no. I'm just gonna, We're just going to pretend that never happened. Yeah. Shh. Let's just pretend 2020 never happened. How about that? Yeah. I mean, there are some good things that come oh, yeah. out of 2020. Yeah. We, I think we all grew in, in interesting ways. I think in ways that we didn't know we would. Like everybody, no matter who you are, you know, like you got stripped of your habits and your, and the things that you were used to doing. And we were all, we all had to adapt to change, you know? So I don't know. It'll be interesting going into 2020, 2021 to see like how people are going to take how they approach 2020 and like, are, this is, you know, like, are we all going to wear masks all the time? Are we going to be like the next Asia, you know? Like, are, yes. like, 
Yes. Or yeah, like how are we gonna? Are we all gonna be really socially awkward? <laughs> I probably will be. I don't know how to hold a conversation anymore, except if it's like with my two year old or my husband or my dog. <laughs> Maybe all your conversations can just be podcasts with people. Yeah, just like a unidirectional <laughs> conversation. I, 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 um, I watch, you know, whenever we watch something on Netflix or something, you know, an older show and I see people like standing close to each other, sitting at a table or like a packed table. I'm like, whoa, too close, too close, too close. Yes. Too close. I know. Like we, like you watch like a, you know, a movie with a concert and you just feel yeah, ugh, really anxious for everybody. <laughs> it's so, yeah, it's so weird how, how that, everything like turned out but we're all hoping for the best in 2021 i mean what else can we do right yeah so you said there's either between seven to nine years fun has been around any other anniversaries that have or milestones that have come across this year you know talked about growth in hiring quite a few people you know i think that there's only been uh one person shout out preet that's going to go out on his own this year or no Mm mm-hmm might have been a couple of people that left this year when like uh, maybe kind of touch on that real quick. Like how do you, how does that, uh, you know, milestone wise, uh, how has that affected 2020 at all? It's hard, right? Because like one of the things that Natalie and I talked a lot about when we first started and, and pretty much all the time ever since is that, you know, we, we want to retain people. Right. But I think, we've also matured in our thinking about the reality of the world, right? Like it's okay if people leave, right? If, you know, if people had a good experience with us, that's the key, right? Mm-hmm. But if they had a good experience with us and they, you know, going on to new things, that's not a bad thing, right? Um, there's, you know, like for any growing business, there's going to be a certain amount of, there's going to be a certain amount of change, mm-hmm. right? So that's, that's a good thing. Adding new people, that's a good thing too, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. If they're a culture ad, right? I still think that we're trying to, you know, take hiring like really seriously, like getting consensus on new hires from the people that really matter, right? You know, executive leadership, leadership, like, you know, design leads and directors, like that's really important. But I, I think that people will leave and that's okay, you know? Just like we want to leave a mark on design, the work we do, we want to leave a mark on the people that work with us. Did they have a good experience? And that's what matters, right? Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people that leave will hire you later. You know, like, who knows? Like, I might, you know, I might need a job someday and someone that used to work here might hire me. And that's the way I think about things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agree. And, you know, I've always been, you know, you hear somebody and I've had friends in the past that have left jobs and people have been really like, mad or giving them the cold shoulder and i'm like well that person really wasn't your friend to begin with anyway if they're not going to be celebrating you anyway so uh no i totally agree what about what's next 2021 uh 2021 is about the new norm okay so if COVID is a new norm and we're going to live at that some extent for a period of time or forever like what does a new world look like right like how can we reopen in a way that's safe where People can work from home or people can come to the office where it's like totally optional. I think that's like one thing uh, because, you know, to Natalie's earlier point, like COVID is just not a one problem scenario. It's multifaceted. It's it's mental health too. Mm -hmm. And isolation and loneliness are problems that need to really be considered Mm -hmm. as well. The second thing is like, okay, well, 
man, we've got something really good going on here. Like, where could we go next? Mm-hmm. Like, if if we all really believe that we can, and I do, like, wait, Natalie, think about how we how growing could actually Im- improve culture. Like, what's next? I think we're trying to figure that out. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, people that are in your cohort, Tony, like, you know, the design leads at fun size that we want you to stay here, right? So trying to figure out ways to do that, right? And I think listening to the words of my my colleague, Ethan, like sometimes growth is the easiest way to do this. It's 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 often like harder to stay small than it is to grow. Hmm. So I think we're trying to figure that out. Like, I mean, growth doesn't necessarily mean like, like adding people. It just means like, it, it could mean adding people, but it also means like maturity level and understanding of the world and revision of the approaches and like, and how do we, how do we better than how you started? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Like I read, I was, I was taking a, uh, I went to the men's room yesterday when we were at some stupid office building and there was a sign above the urinals, like leave, <laughs> leave, leave, leave the bathroom as in good of condition or better than you left it. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I, I think it's like, how, you know, like how can we just like, you know, get, be better? Yeah. You know, I don't know. I'm glad to hear that urinals are, you know, <laughs> inspirational. <laughs> Dude, I mean, I, I mean, uh, I'm also like, I'm, I'm really. It's kind of cool that you had a Selena quote because I've been thinking about a Selena quote too, Ooh. where she's like, "Reach for the stars. You only have one life to live." Mm. You know, and, and so I've been thinking about that too. Mm. You know, to us, it's always about like, like your point. Like, it's not about the work. It's it is about the work, mm-hmm. right? But it's more about like. How do we feel about people if I, you know, two, one, two, three, four, five, ten years down the road, right? It's about relationships and that that keeps me motivated. Like, I'll be honest, like, working remotely is not something that I want to do because to me what keeps me motivated is the social interactions. Like, I'm, I'm not interested in being remote. Yeah. I'm interested in being remote every now and then, but not fully. I can't, I can't do that. So, I don't know. Like, who knows? Like, I, I really don't know. But, uh. Donald Trump won't be here next year, and that's <laughs> that makes things uh, going. positive. Yeah, one of those points that you just said reminded me of of uh, uh, something I heard whenever it was at Epicurrence with listening to a talk with uh, Aaron Draplin, and you know he was he's was talking about growth, and somebody asked him about like, oh, are you gonna you know get bigger? Are you gonna hire more people? And he's like, fuck no. And he was like, and they're like, well, why not? He's like, well, growth doesn't necessarily have to mean people. Growth can mean being better at what you do. Mm-hmm. And that was like, really, that was like pretty eye-opening to me in that moment. I was like, oh, well, yeah, that's pretty logical. Well, that makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah, there was something I've been really thinking about recently, uh, which is like, you know how we all have our own individual personalities. Well, the companies that you work for also have personalities, Right. And some of them, like some founders of companies go out with the intention of making a shit ton of, I'm saying shit a lot, a shit ton (laughs) of profit, you know, like that's their goal. And that was never our goal. So I I think that there's different DNA to a company um, that really drives like how they see, like how they describe growth. And like, it would be an interesting interview question, right? Like if I were to interview with any company right now, I would be like, what is, what does growth mean to you? Mm. And they could be like, growth means like, you know, I'm going to sell my company one day to like Twitter or Facebook or whatever. I'm going to have an out or I don't know if they would actually be that honest in, a, <laughs> in an interview, but well, some people 
people but you know are. what I Some mean? People like, are very focused. You know? Yeah, but yeah, like there's there's things that you know that I've only realized recently that have really shaped some of like the the internal thoughts that I have around around these types of questions. Yeah. I I I agree with what we're talking about. I think growth doesn't just mean people, right? It it does mean maturity. Kind of means all of it. Yeah. But I don't know, like personally, like something happened to me this year where I'm like, oh I'm forty two years old, like about ten years, oh, no, about twenty years. I don't know. Yeah, like, I, like I, had this, I had this weird, like, over the hill moment, like almost like almost like a you know midlife crisis. And then you bought a Corvette, and yeah, where um, I realized that I'd spent like twenty plus years of my career trying to get up the hill, and now I'm realizing I'm trying to go down the hill gracefully. Mm-hmm. Right? How can I leave the world a better place than I left it? Right? Like how can I set this company up where it can sustain for as long as it wants to sustain without me? How can I work less or refocus slowly but surely over the next 20 years so that I can retire? Hmm. I've been thinking about that stuff and it's, it's really weird because I'd never really thought about that stuff before this year. Really, honestly, it's weird. Well, y'all, I think that might be a good place to put a bow in it. Any final words? For 2020 to say goodbye. Hasta la vista, baby. (laughs) (laughs) As always, Um, I've really enjoyed chatting and uh, I look forward to 2021. Yeah, thank you, Tony, for doing this again. It's really, really awesome. Of course, anytime. Thanks for tuning in the show. We'll we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye-bye. Hustle is brought to you by FunSize, a digital service and product design agency that works with inspiring teams to uncover opportunities, evolve popular products, bring new businesses to market, and prepare for the future. Learn more at funsize.co. I'm Paige, a product designer at FunSize. Namaste.